Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you this week. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show with all the visuals that go along with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We put out two weekly news shows and we combine them into this podcast. So you'll hear everything we covered this week on this show. And we had a lot to talk about, including the crazy win that came to Vegas and the cancellation of the When We Were Young music festival, how people spread all over town, free concerts, it was pretty cool. Plus, there's a new chicken and pickleball place coming to Vegas. We talk about a detailed look inside the Mirage Villas, those exclusive villas that are located at the back of the property. You don't want to miss that. We also talk about the insane $150,000 suite package at Palms, how to score those Formula One tickets for Vegas. If you have an Amex card, you definitely want to hear this. And is the Moulin Rouge coming back? That historic Vegas casino from the 50s. We'll talk about all of that and a lot more. Stick around. If you like this show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Just search MTM Vegas. We also have our Miles Points Travel Podcast. You can find that. Just search Miles to Memories in any podcast app. And finally, for everything that we do Vegas related, just head to mtmvegas.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, did you see that video from this last weekend? So much to talk about from this last weekend, but uh, people hanging out at the Wind Pool Club, enjoying it. This guy is just sort of hanging out, thinking he's so cool. This lady comes up, offers him a shot. Can you imagine drinking that stuff? You know she peed right before she did it, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Probably, like, if they had the color, it'd be all purple, and then she dipped it in, and then it could, you know, look like a real shot. But, no, uh, that, that's a pretty dirty trick with all the crap we've talked about that's floating in that water, pun intended. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully he goes and gets his shots after. It's like, you know, getting bit by a wild animal. Like, go get that shot. Yeah, go get your rabies shot. I don't know what's worse is like getting tricked into drinking pee water in the in the pool or having it go viral on uh, social media. The big news of the weekend was the wind. I know that it sounds crazy for somebody not from Las Vegas to think that the wind could be such a factor, but uh, we get these big windstorms every once in a while. There was a huge windstorm that came through this weekend, 40 plus mile per hour winds with gusts up to 65 miles per hour. And our beloved When We Were Young Festival was a victim, at least on Saturday. Did you see that? They just canceled it. Everybody was scrambling all over town to find uh, entertainment. Yeah, I can't imagine, you know, that's bringing in a lot of people. So I can't imagine how crazy it was on the strip and everywhere. And we've talked about how hard it is to get restaurant reservations and clubs and all that stuff. And now you have all these people that weren't expected to be doing anything looking for that type of stuff. So it was probably a hot mess, and I'm sure everybody <laughs> hated it, but what can you do? Have you guys ever had, like, a big sandstorm, like, in, like, a Mission Impossible movie or The Mummy or anything? Like, just a squall where you see it coming, and then it blacks out your whole neighborhood? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this particular storm, if you were out in areas with more, like, exposed dirt, it got pretty, the visibility got pretty bad. I've been in storms, like, driving on the 15 between vegas and like california because there's these big sand dunes where like yeah where you can't see anything so it gets pretty crazy and uh yeah it it was insane there was a lot of people trying to like make uh, parallels to the fire festival with when we were young and them canceling obviously first off i think when we were young is run by live nation so it's not like it's some rinky dink independent outfit running this uh music festival but also they had three shows the sunday show was able to go on without a hitch and then the coolest thing was Did you see that the band sort of spread all around town and did free shows at all these smaller venues all around town? Things like the Sand Dollar at Plaza, uh, Soul Belly, uh, you know, there was just all over town. Fremont Street Experience, they had several bands where they packed people in. So at least they were able to make some good stuff out of the uh, the crazy weather. Yeah, that's cool of them to do. And 
you know, what does Fremont Street need more than more people crammed in the, in the corridor? But, uh, no, you know, that's what, you know, something unique and something different. Maybe they even had a better experience, especially if it's like a band that you wanted to see anyway and you get them in a more intimate experience. You know, maybe some people actually enjoyed it better. So that's definitely uh, good to see that they pulled something off. The funny thing was there were some, a lot of these bands are emo bands. So you have a lot of these emo kids from like the 90s and stuff walking around Las Vegas. They're already kind of like sad people. And so like the jokes all over TikTok and social media were about all these sad emo people, you know, walking all over the strip. So it was just a fun sort of event to watch uh, from far away. Like I said, thankfully it went off on Sunday without a hitch and it went really well. And we talked about the lineup for next year, which is more punk rock, I guess. So next year you'll have all the punk rockers uh, walking the strip for it. (laughs) But yeah, kudos to every venue Big venues like Resorts World taking massive amounts of people in, as you might imagine, since they're right next to the festival grounds. Downtown Las Vegas stepped up. All kinds of small venues in the Arts District, all the way to Fremont Street, gave these people a, a good time on Saturday. And they all get their money back, so I guess it, you know, it's a win-win for them, even if they can't go to the, to the festival. Hopefully those people had two-day tickets. So they could still go on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully they got to, you know, experience some of the festival and show. You know, going to Vegas is expensive and it's not like anything that the the venue could do or, you know, they can only give a refund. But you put all that money and investment and time to get there. So hopefully they were able to get in on Sunday or, you know, find some tickets if not. Yeah, don't mess with the Vegas win. That's the the number one rule. It, it It's crazy. How many I- trampolines ended up in uh, power lines? <laughs> A lot of them, a lot of flights canceled. It, it was it was the talk of the town all weekend. What I haven't seen a lot of talking about, which I think is a fascinating story, is that Caesars wants to bring a Caesars Palace to Times Square. New York is issuing three new casino licenses for like the down part of New York, the southern part of New York, basically New York City. And it's hard to like imagine New York City with casinos in it. Uh, of course, there is that Resorts World Casino that's like on the site of an old racetrack. So it is in the city, but it's not like in Manhattan. But Caesars Palace is kind of teaming up with SL Green, who's a real estate development partner. They want to manage this place, a building in Times Square. I think it's a pretty awesome idea. I don't know how they pull it off, man. Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you fit that craziness into the craziness of Times Square? And then what is it going to be like $47 a beer if Caesars <laughs> takes it over? I I mean, it'd be great for Caesars because you definitely have people in there all the time. I don't know if it'd be a great casino environment for, for you know, big gamblers or people that are interested in it. I guess if you live in the city, you'd like to have that option. But I can't see myself like wanting to go hang out there if I was going to go put in a session or whatever. So I think it'd be more of a touristy trap thing. Very expensive. But, you know, Caesars would roll in the dough and then cut back on everything. It is interesting. You live in a city, Detroit, where you have these casinos sort of in the downtown area, uh, in more of a wild area, like the Greektown Casino or something in Detroit. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it would be like a very chaotic place. But uh, like you said, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of new hotels getting built in New York, new luxury properties. So there is probably room in the market for something like that. Um, but, you know, I think the whole argument of whether... You want casinos in New York City is a different one. Wynn is also working with a partner to develop a, a casino down near the Hudson Yards area in Manhattan in New York City. So it just seems like sense. we're heading to a place where you could walk into any bodega and play slots or something like that. I don't know. 
It's just weird to to, to think of <laughs> big casinos in New York City. Yeah, I mean the the really cool thing would be if you're a player with Caesars, maybe this works into where you could get comp rooms there, even if you're not planning on going to gamble just to visit New York or or stay in town. When Caesars was involved in the the horseshoe casinos in Cleveland and stuff, I always use that like my play in Vegas to get me a free room when I go to Cleveland and stuff like that. So those are kind of like the side benefits of of this type of stuff when a big conglomerate, you know, expands its footprint. Yeah, as far as like it will be a destination like the win in Boston, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I'd I'd probably bet more on that win uh hotel down on Hudson Yards than uh yeah, than this. That'll be cool. But it we'll see how it happens. Uh Eater had an article 10 hot new brunches in Las Vegas. We haven't done any food stuff for a while, so I thought I would uh, highlight this. We'll put a link in the description. People always looking for cool brunch options. I was happy to see that the House of Blues is bringing back their gospel brunch, which is sort of an old staple, but I guess it had gone away with COVID. They have like a really cool like Southern breakfast buffet with like gospel music. Really neat. Uh, On the list was the garden table at Bellagio, which is that new dining concept out in the conservatory. Who's going to spend thousands on brunch, (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) Or you could just go to Sedell's like, you know, a few uh, steps away and eat the same food. A bodega bagel. This was another one that was on the list that I thought was cool. You know, Mark, I love my bagels. Uh, but bodega bagel started at that test kitchen down on Fremont. Um, that uh, you know, that kind of cool place that allows different chefs to kind of get their concepts off the ground. And they've actually moved into a full time location in Henderson now, where the bagels are surprisingly good, according to people. I have not tried it. It's on my list. Got to get there soon. But uh, bodega bagel. So all kinds of new brunch options all around the strip and off the strip. I like uh, tacos and tequila. Like, what screams breakfast more than tacos <laughs> and tequila? <laughs> I mean, it's Vegas, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, sometimes you need hair on the dog, so I guess that that works for it. But it just seemed like a weird, you know, restaurant to put uh, brunch at. All right, now I know this next story is one that you're going to be excited about. This place called Chicken and Pickle is coming to Las Vegas, sports and entertainment venue. Uh, it looks like this cool, like outdoor park space with like a bar pickleball courts, other things, other games and stuff like that. We had a meetup in Detroit at like a two-story container ship bar place. It kind of looks similar to this. I don't know. But it looks like a cool place. The idea is for families to be able to hang out. You play all the games. You're able to get some good food, some good drinks. Uh, I don't know. This looks pretty cool to me. Yeah, I was surprised that pickleball is the choice. Like, I I didn't think that that was a hugely popular game. I know the courts are smaller, so it's a little bit easier. But I thought that was more of like a retirement activity maybe it's bigger than i thought uh so i don't know how much use those will get but like they have the cornhole shuffleboard all that stuff just open area it looks like they have a stage set up for live music and stuff really cool concept you know outdoor area i don't know if anybody's gonna be playing pickleball in the summer uh (laughs) yeah that's the one thing about it right there their current locations are in kansas city oklahoma city wichita and san antonio i think this is going to be a great venue like nine months out of the year but the summer is they're going to really suffer but maybe at night that's when they'll do their business uh in the summertime yeah i could see going there at night and or maybe they'll put canopies over the courts so it's not so bad but i don't i don't know pickleball is a weird choice i think the rest of it looks amazing i definitely want to check it out especially if the food's good you know if they got good chicken then then they'll get people just from that and let's finish off talking about the beloved mirage villas We've talked uh, an update on Mirage turning over to Hard Rock. That's probably going to be a few years before the name changes. Hard Rock International taking ownership before the end of the year, most likely, if not really early next year. And 
Mirage has these villas. A lot of people don't know about this, but these villas were really built as, you know, the place for all of the entertainers that they host. These are like super exclusive hotel rooms, go for like $5,000 a night, probably comped most nights. But uh, Mike from Vegas Knob got a chance to celebrate his 40th birthday party there. He dropped the $5,000 a night or roughly there uh, in order to get these rooms. He got Villa number eight, which I think is what, 8,500 square feet, Mark? Uh, three bedrooms. It looks incredible. Uh, designed in the 90s, but looks, you know, very, very uh, up to date. Every material looks top of the line. He wrote a whole review, so we'll kind of go over it. But what were your thoughts of this uh, villa? We'll talk about, I guess, the room, and then we'll talk about some of the other amenities you get along the way. Yeah, I thought it was a, you know, amazing place. It looks like you're staying in a mansion, basically, you know, with your own backyard and pool and all that stuff. Really cool. And the only area I thought that it showed that it was from the 90s was probably the the theater room or entertainment room, you know, with the wood paneling and the, the smaller TV. Like, I think they could definitely update that a bit. You know, you'd like to see like some type of stadium seating type of thing for a three bedroom. I don't know. I, I, that's what's, what's so weird about <laughs> Vegas. Like you go to Vegas, you don't want to stay in the room. But if you're staying at a villa, I feel like you're going to stay in the room the whole time. So maybe that is important, especially if you're going for like. Uh, football weekend, basketball weekend, something like that, making bets, and you have your whole crew over and stuff. But it it looked fantastic, just unbelievably amazing. Yeah, and he talks about the experience, top notch. You know, you're having Butler; they contact you months out. They'll set up anything that you really want. Uh, some other interesting things for cheap people like us, right? One night he had buddies in his room, and they cracked open a couple bottles of alcohol. To which he got like a polite note the next day that if they did it again, they would have to charge a corkage fee. So they really do enforce that no outside food or drink thing. Um, these villas, you know, they cost $26 million to, to build in 1992, according to him. He says that it can cost upwards of $2,000 a day to maintain these villas. I mean, uh, we're not talking about like hotel rooms, right? You're talking about full mansions, palaces. To your point, they have pools. Like the, the pictures, I didn't realize the amount of outdoor space these things had, not just the pool and the spa, but almost like park areas and it's, uh, you know, they're back there by where the secret yeah, like garden is. Putting so. green and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> said you can hear lions eating in the morning, which was kind of cool. I, yeah. I did laugh. He uh, he said he, he might have taken the golf ball back with him. It looked so beat up like it had been out there on the putting green for three years. Like you think you'd give them a new sleeve of golf balls if they're spending five, six grand a night. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. So as for what Hard Rock is going to do with the villas, we don't really know. Um, you know, Mike talks about, and this is the same thing we've heard, that Hard Rock really is punting that. So it's probably going to be the last thing they touch. Yeah. Hopefully they, they yeah. don't. Hopefully they just update them. I mean, obviously, with the level of materials that's in there, any amount of renovation is going to cost just a fortune to do millions and millions of dollars to, to fix these rooms. So I'm guessing that they want to keep it uh, keep it there. But it gives them a nice like thing for their high rollers. It's an, an interesting part of Las Vegas history, the first big mega resort, finding these things. We've seen since then MGM built their, you know, big mansions. Uh, we've seen, you know, those Palazzo Suites at Rio. Other things have come, but this is really the gold standard for uh, for luxury, you know, hotel rooms, I guess, in Las Vegas. And it's cool to get an inside look, a really detailed review. We'll leave a link in the description. I highly recommend going through all the, fit, the photos, seeing this part of Las Vegas you don't get to see too often unless you're uh, one of the privileged. Yeah, you know, I think he said $21,000 for what, three nights? And I'm guessing that includes food and drink and everything built. But, but his host took $300 off the bill. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and then and then you know three to five hundred dollars a day in tipping because you're tipping everybody that comes in and takes care of some stuff. But the service seemed great, and uh, I I liked reading about like what other people asked for. Like they have it decorated up as a haunted house and stuff for their family to come and and walk through. And he said he didn't really take advantage of that. And I feel like anybody that's doing it and is not used to that lifestyle, you know, just doing it as a you know blowing their their wad so to speak for a big birthday and stuff. They don't really take advantage of it as much as they could, and I think he realized that towards the end, and next time he goes back, he might might do that. Like he said, hey, they could have planned my birthday party. It would have been great. Everybody just wanted to get back to the villa when we were out eating dinner and stuff, and they can bring the food in. They'll give you great service. So I think that's, like, if you're going to do this, like, don't leave. Just be there. Absolutely. When you get a good room like that, enjoy it for everything that it is. Uh, that's sort of like the double-edged sword. Who wants to go out and gamble when you have such a nice place to go hang out, especially if you got your friends? (laughs) (laughs) So, Mark, did you see that you're finally getting your wish? Part of the Grand Bazaar shops are finally being torn out for that old red Blake Shelton thing. So at least part of that monstrosity is going away. Yeah, I got the the first part I like. The second part, uh, okay, what? But no, I thought since they put those up there, it just looked like, you know, really crappy shop. They, I mean, I know they had this huge space and nothing really going on there for a long time, but so they, at least they monetized it some way, but it's never looked good. It's always looked like something that was temporary, even though it was there forever. So, you know, it's good to see them tearing down some of it. Hopefully the Blake Shelton thing's pretty cool. I don't know. What do you think? You think it's going to be good? At least it's going to block out the rest of the Grand Bazaar shops that are right there because it'll be right on the corner. So you get less of that ugliness. I mean, I don't know, but uh, it's good to see it. It's moving along. I know a lot of people who love Vegas have wished for that place to be demolished. So have you um, have you ever sh- uh, bought anything in the shops there? <laughs> I think I might have been a piece of candy at the candy store or something. <laughs> there and used a to be a, a, a jerky place that there was there's one at the container park. They had one location there, and they also had one at Bally's, and they had really good, like, locally made beef jerky and stuff. So I'd stop in there, but I don't think it lasted very long, but it was a, some of it was amazing. Well, there also is some good happy hours in there. That's where I got the beer from, uh, from one of the bars in there. So there's some cool places in there. And then, of course, Mark, dating back to a, an episode we talked about before, there's a Wahlburgers, uh, which, uh, you know, I didn't know was Mark Wahlberg's hamburger place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of us have watched this yet, but Mr. Beast just released a video doing a $1 hotel room all the way up to a million dollar hotel room. I think the, you know, the $1 was some, uh, some, you know, really bad sort of room. The million dollar was a castle. It was, there a, was a roadway other... in somewhere. In <laughs> Something. $1. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, he also did other rooms in between, including a $150,000 suite experience at the Palms. And uh, that includes the empathy suite which is, you know, it looks like there's like sharks in there, or I guess they're probably dead sharks, like as artwork. Uh, you have the hardwood suite, which is, you know, basketball, the kingpin. It'd be cooler if they were alley, swimming around. Uh, dinner at Scotch Eighty, yeah, all kinds of uh, all kinds of fun stuff there. 150k, you gonna do it? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I thought it was interesting. I know that the suite with the pool that overlooks the strip, like that goes out a little bit. That's been around forever, and kingpin suite and all that stuff. And they've always had cool suites at Palms. And I think that was kind of built off the resorts world when they were living there and all that stuff. I thought it was interesting that they budgeted $10,000 at Scotch 80 for 10 people. I mean, I don't know who's eating $1,000 worth of stuff. Have you ever been in there? The reviews look like it's it's really highly rated, but 
I never heard of it that it would be a thousand dollars a person type of place. Maybe they're popping bottles everywhere when you go. Yeah, I've heard of Scotch Eighty. I haven't been there. I agree. It seems like they've put the retail price of this like way high. Like, what's the most we could charge for the Empathy Suite? Hundred K. Let's just say it's a hundred K. Let's say it's a thousand dollars a person for dinner. So definitely not a value. I think they're banking on the fact that Mr. Beast is such a big, you know, huge brand and people are going to want to do it just to like say they stayed in the got the Mr. Beast experience. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we talked last week about the Mirage Villas that was like five grand a night or maybe even less than that, uh, not including like the food and drinks and all that stuff. And you're, you know, 100 grand for this or even like the I mean, the bowling, the Kingpin suite is looks pretty cool. But that was that 15 or 20 grand. I don't know, man. I think I'd just go to, to Mirage. To be honest. I, I'll get my pool on the ground and set up in the sky. <laughs> it's OK. I agree. Uh, so, yeah. Also, this week, the LVCVA released the 2021 Las Vegas Visitor Profile and uh, this is really interesting because they break down all the stats. They basically interview people that are coming throughout the year, find out why they're coming, where they're coming from. And it's really interesting to compare these numbers going back to like they go back all the way to 2016 in their in their report. And we'll put a link in the description for that. Um, so I thought that would be interesting to kind of talk about some of the, the numbers. There's so much in this report, so we can't cover everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I noticed a few trends. Let's start with like the purpose of the visit. Uh, it seems like, you know, more people or same amount of people coming for vacation for other things but uh, the convention business is still way down you see in 2021 only four percent of people came for a convention compared to 11 percent in 2016 or nine percent in 2019 that's uh an interesting thing although not really surprising yeah not surprising but i, I was surprised that the vacation was kind of static compared to other years you know you think that would be a bit higher because it's just as busy as it's been and you know that conventions aren't bringing people in. So what's the what's the extra? Like, what what else is there besides, you know, visiting family was about the same. So I don't know where the disconnect is. Like, where'd that extra 5 10% of people go? Or what are they here for? So I, th- I thought that was a little bit strange. Well, we do have less visitors uh, slightly. So I guess that could be the number. Just less people. Also, transportation. I found this was really interesting. Ride sharing has obviously exploded. 35% of people used a ride share in 2021 compared uh, to what, 13% in 2016 and uh, 28% in 2019. So that continues to grow. I was looking at the monorail though. Do you see that? Only 5% of people said they used the monorail in 2021. Um, That's way down from before. Obviously, I think a lot of that has to do with conventions. A lot of convention goers use it to get to the convention center. But this is, uh, you know, we know the LVCVA now owns the monorail. They said they're going to run it to end of life. But this is just more kind of reinforcement that the monorail probably needs to go away. I saw a uh, a video recently, and I don't know, I haven't fact-checked this, but said that mass transit in general around the country had been down as much as 50% and that the hope for recovery is to get back to 80% of what ridership was before COVID just because there's so many more people working from home or doing hybrid schedules. Uh, so mass transit all around the country is under pressure, which is, is kind of interesting there. All right. So moving on, bringing someone underage, this one shocked me. So in 2016, 12% of people who visited Blows Las Vegas mind. brought somebody underage. In 2019, it was only 5%. So it went all the way down. So more adults in 2021, 21% of people brought somebody underage. So uh, that's why you see all those kids down on Fremont Street. Yeah, I don't know when Vegas became like a family destination again. Is it the 90s all over? I'm surprised. I don't know what it's not like it's cheap. Like it used to be cheap. It would have made more sense in 2018, 2019 
when it was a really affordable trip and now it's expensive. Flights are expensive. Hotels are expensive. I don't know if it's just like a push from California people maybe and this is their their place that they drive to and you know that cuts a lot of the cost out, but it, it kind of blows my mind. I don't I don't know what the draw is for for people under 21. I guess it's just like kids that we've been locked up. I want to go gamble. You're coming with. Let's hop in the car and uh, and drive down. But We heard the Coomers used to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, the type of room rate was interesting. Uh, 61% of people paid a regular rate for their room in 2021 compared to like 49% back in 2016. So people are paying more. The other thing I saw that was interesting, only 9% of rooms are comped compared to 15% in 2019. So uh, less comps, people paying more money. I guess that's not a huge... Uh, a huge surprise given everything else we've seen. We also saw like expenditure on food and drink. In 2016, it was $320. Uh, for 2021, $465. Uh, similar uh, kind of things with transportation. Just another reinforcement. Vegas is uh, getting more expensive. It's an expensive place. Yeah, and then, you know, to go along with that, I saw the gamblers, people going to gamble has gone down a bit from 2019, which I thought was interesting. I figured you know, be more hardcore gamblers, but it seems like a lot of people are going just to enjoy the experience and eat and dine out. But the people that are going to gamble, the the amount they're bringing is like skyrocketed. Like the percentage of people over uh, $600, I think was the, the bankroll is way up, which I thought was interesting. Like the gam- people going to gamble are down, but the, the, the amount of money they're bringing is up. So I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, in 2021, 39% of people brought $600 or more to gamble with. That's compared to 32% in 2019, only 23% in 2016. So again, you're seeing people between like, if you really look at the 2016 to 2021 numbers in those five years, everything has gotten more expensive. People are spending more money. Uh, everything is costing more and uh, they're gambling more too, or at least bringing more money to gamble. It's crazy. But when you look at that graph for their bankrolls, it really is shocking uh, that over 50% of the people are doing $500 or more, which is a significant jump over previous years. So, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reinforces everything we've seen in the numbers. Vegas is still doing really well. I mean, I think that's uh, the takeaway here. Yeah, and they're charging uh, through the nose because of it. They can charge what they want. They're basically Disney of adults. <laughs> well, what's Disney of the Donuts? is coming here to, to Las oh. Vegas. It's already here in Las Vegas. The famous cronut, uh, Dominique Ansel, who created the, the cronut in his New York bakery, has opened his Las Vegas location at Caesars Palace, uh, which I think is a good fit for it. Um, you know, it's the same sort of thing. They have a limited amount each day. They have rotating flavors. The inaugural flavor for Las Vegas is the Lucky Cherry Chambord and Caramelia inspired by the cherries found in slot machines in Las Vegas. It looks pretty good, but if you've ever wanted an original cronut from the original person who invented it, you can get one in Las Vegas now. When were these big? Like, I remember them being big for a minute, and then it's like, you haven't heard anything, and of course... I I think it was like less than 10 years ago that he invented it. Okay. Uh, And there was, yeah, lines around the corner in New York. They still sell out almost every day in New York, the original bakery. I've had one. I haven't had an original one, but they are really good. It has that good mixture of, like, that savoriness from the croissant... And that sweetness from the donut. So they are good. I'm just surprised that somehow it isn't Gordon Ramsay's bakery since it's a Caesar's <laughs> property. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll figure out a way to, to work that in. But it's good news there. And that's part of Caesar's Palace's full kind of rejuvenation uh, of their food courts, of a lot of their areas in the hotel. 
All right, so we've talked Formula One a lot. We know about the race, that it's going to be a night race, which is really cool, November 18th, 2023 at 10 p.m., but now we know when tickets are going to go on sale. November 1st, if you're an American Express card holder at 10 a.m. Pacific, you can try to grab tickets. Uh, then there's November 3rd. Those people who paid that $7.77 will get access. And then November 5th, uh, there will be access to the general public. I think those are all separate ticket pools. So if you're in each of them, you might have a chance. Tickets are going to be three-day passes. So there's not any single-day tickets starting at $500. So the worst seats are $500. Uh, there's also some like inclusive tickets, like for beverages, things like that. Nine seating zones around. I don't know. What do you think? This is a no-brainer. I think I, these tickets are going to be so hard to get, about 100,000 of them. Yeah. I mean, if you can buy them, you just buy whatever you can get and worry about where it is later. And you can always, I'm sure you can always sell them for quite a bit more if, if it doesn't work out. So I'll give it a try. I'm not expecting much. I don't know what $500 seats looks like. Maybe you, you can see like the pits, you know, you're behind the pits. You can't see the track at all. I don't, I don't know where the low end, Probably. but I'm sure the high end seats, but that's the problem. Like, are they going to give us a little bit of a thing where we can actually look at what stuff is before? Cause you know, there's no way to know what the setup's going to look like. I know some of the higher end stuff, you know, around the sphere and they give you a little detail there for that package. But for this $500 ticket, like, where are you? What, what do you get? <laughs> yeah, hopefully Ticketmaster has um, some seat maps. As you point out, there's nine zones, and they're kind of like themed. There's a sphere zone, which is around the MSG sphere. Uh, there's a wind grid club, which they tout. It's like that themed as the a best. 19, yeah, 1920s Great Gatsby vibe with a modern soundtrack. The area is being advertised as the best vantage point to view the race, according to Fox Five. Yeah, how much your ticket's going to be at the wind grid club? I think that's going to be the uh, that's going to be the hundred twenty five thousand dollar. <laughs> You go, you, you get your tickets there. You go stay in the hundred fifty thousand dollar suite package, and you're uh, you're good to go. They're going with the uh, steakhouse pricing per person. <laughs> yeah, but I would say two things to people: one, if you can buy them, buy them; two, don't expect that you're going to get tickets. It's often difficult <laughs> to get tickets to high demand stuff like this. But uh, I will be trying, and I'm glad that they're giving some love to American Express card holders. So I'll get a shot at it uh, November first. All right, last story, Mark: the Moulin Rouge is coming back. Or at least a uh, group of developers says they're going to bring the Moulin Rouge back. Opened in the 1950s, it was the <laughs> you, first. You're bearing the casino. lead. Who's the group? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the people behind the All Net Arena have said uh, that uh, the, the Moulin Rouge is coming back. Uh, this property closed after six months of being open in 1955. It's very historic. The first integrated casino. Uh, it's where a lot of the black performers were staying uh, when they weren't allowed to uh, stay on the strip, even if they were performing on the strip. And a very interesting history, probably one of the most iconic signs in the history of Las Vegas. Uh, this building is like a historic place as well. Uh, thankfully, the sign got moved to the Neon Boneyard and renovated and restored, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. I would love to see the Moulin Rouge come back. It's in West Las Vegas, uh, not an area that there's a lot of casinos, although not far from downtown. I don't think this is happening. I don't understand how you could just release a press release saying this with no other information other than you're bringing it back. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not going to happen, but uh, I don't even really think they need to bring it back to the original building like i would love just anybody some type of concept to even if they just have a moulin rouge area like a pit that's moulin rouge and get that sign up man we need that sign on the strip or a replica or something because we've both seen it in the boneyard and it is fantastic and it would definitely be like the the marquee sign in vegas automatically right away it'd be stellar 
I agree. I want Moulin Rouge to come back. I just don't think that these are the people who are going to do it. But who knows? They say they're funding all in that arena. Maybe we're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be eating rocks in a few. Why uh, wouldn't you build it at the arena that you're putting? Putting up with all these hotels if you're doing it. but So we're not going to talk about Katy Perry's robot eye? From what I understand, she does this during the show. She's done this in other shows as well. It's part of the show. So people are saying she's a robot, robot Katy Perry. I don't know. It does look a little (laughs) weird. But I did read other people uh, anecdotally saying that they've seen her do this on other nights at the show. So perhaps it's part of it. She kind of does like weird stuff like that. But the video is, is, (laughs) she looks like a robot for sure. She does it really well. Probably the most successful of the residencies at Resorts World. Best reviewed, everything else like that. So congratulations to her. Let us know what you think about Adele. Good luck following (laughs) that. Good luck. Yes. uh, Get your uh, your sticky eyelashes uh, ready. (laughs) So let us know what you think about any of these topics, the Vegas visitor information, Moulin Rouge coming back, the Formula One tickets, are you going to get some? Hit us up in the comments. If you like what we're doing here, don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you can get notifications of our new videos. We're doing two of these a week, so you can uh, check back for the earlier one in the week. And we also release both shows combined as a podcast, which you can find as well. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. See you next week. Go Green!